Hey guys, we're going to talk about some lessons from old man Bill. He was a guy that I worked for when I first got out of high school, and this man uh, taught me so much about life, about working hard, about a lot of things. And I have always loved my the image in my mind of Bill Sowers, and I can't wait to tell you about his story and the difference he made in my life. Some of the things I learned from him, we'll talk more about that right after this on the Manly Man Cast. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You can be the father, the husband, leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Hey man, I see you. I see your fire going out. I see your marriage barely holding on. I know you're broke, wore out, and at the end of your rope. I've been there. It sucks. Sucks the spark right out of you. Till all you have is a pile of wet wood. It feels like it's never going to burn. I can't fix your problems. I can't make her love you again. I can't lose 50 pounds for you or fill your bank account. But I can remind you of who you are. I can share some of my fire. I can help you make a plan to get your life back on track. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's reignite our lives. There's a lot at stake. No one wants their marriage to end in divorce. No one wants to wallow in despair or to the dark places that follow. So let's do it. Let's reignite our lives. Let's reignite our passion, our marriage, our health, our career, our dreams, our mindsets. Get reignited today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. Listen, if you like the Manlyhood Mancast... I really want you, if this has made any difference in your life at all, I really want you to help support it. And the way that you can support it is you can go onto iTunes if you're listening there. Uh, you can go onto YouTube if you're listening there. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, and you can tell other people about this. Because honestly, guys, I pour my heart and my soul into this because I care about it. I want to help men be better men. I want to help you be a better man. It helps me be a better man. And I feel like when we do this, we are doing great things that our culture is sorely lacking. All you got to do is watch the news and you can see that our culture hates men. It does. It needs men, desperately needs fathers and husbands and hardworking men to make a difference out there. But you know what it does? Our culture says, uh-uh, not men. Men are bad. We have to change that. And the only way we can change that is by being better men. So that's why we do what we do here at Manlyhood. And I know that you believe in that mission, and I want you to help me support it. So help me spread the word. Anyway, let's get into our podcast episode for today. So I graduated high school. Up until that point, I had worked in radio at a local radio station. And uh, that job came to an end as I got towards the end of my senior year. It just was too much. So I pulled back, and when I graduated, I knew I needed a job. Uh, didn't have anything yet, but a couple had me watching their teenage boys. It didn't pay much at all, but it was a job, and I enjoyed it for a couple weeks. Uh, I did that, and then I got a call from a guy who went to church with me. His name was Bill Sowers. Now, uh, Bill's grandson is actually Mike Sowers. If you guys, any of you guys are familiar with um, 
Forged Apparel. Uh, Mike started that. He's a Navy SEAL. Um, and uh, I think he's involved with the Murph Challenge. And the dude's got a tremendous career in the Navy SEALs. And he's, he does amazing stuff. Shout out to you, Mike. We grew up in the same little town of Rawlett, PA. Used to ride the school bus together. But Mike's grandpa took me in and said, Hey, man, why don't you work for me this summer? And I said, Okay, let's make it happen. You know, I didn't have my own car yet, so I would just ride my bike about a mile up the road on the on Route 6, and uh, he had an 1800s sawmill. It was literally, the all the mechanical equipment, all the metal was original from the 1800s. And then he had it all, he had a deck that he had built to run it, and he had it converted to run on this old diesel tractor. No, it was an old diesel tractor engine he'd converted somehow to run a natural gas, would pull white pine logs out of the pond where they soaked out of the mill pond and we would put this white pine on the sawmill and we would take it down we'd get all the boards and stuff off of it and get it down to timbers i'm going to say three six four eight twelve i think up to 16 inches maybe 12 was our biggest i don't quite remember but we get them down to about that wide and they would be 8 10 12 feet long and then we'd cut them into bolts that were exactly 18 inches long and we'd put them in another mill that was down at the other end of the, the, the place. And it would take those bolts and it would like, like put them in a, in a rocking motion. It would cut them in wedges. They made, we made wood shingles out of white pine. And so that's what we did. Now we made a lot of boards and we made a lot of everything else uh, to get down to the timbers in those logs. And then, you know, he would use those for whatever he needed. And then we'd make the shingles. Now, I didn't realize this then. I mean, I knew Bill was retired. The dude had beat cancer twice, and he was just a bear, man. He was tough, tough as nails. He hired me because he liked me. <laughs> he didn't need me. He just, hey, I need something to do. I'll put this kid to work. And, you know, we made shingles, and we ended up using him to put a roof on his house. So that's what we did with that. Like, that was a pretty cool project. It was fun. So most of the wood and most of the shingles that I made, he wasn't selling. He was using... But it just gave him a reason to start the mill up and to keep himself busy, which is probably why he was so sharp uh, after his retirement and why he had a reason and a purpose to keep fighting so that he wouldn't get sick again. Uh, the dude was, like I said, he was a beast. And uh, he just was a tough, cranky, grumpy old man. <laughs> and I did. I loved working for him. I'd work all day in the hot sun. And then uh, I'd, he would always have me throw my bike in the back of his truck, in the back of Old Blue and Old Ford blue pickup truck, powder blue, and he'd drop me off. He'd take me that last mile back to the house and drop me off. Um, <laughs> and he had like so many lessons, so many lessons to teach me. Um, one time he wanted me to move uh, some sawdust from one location to the next. And he didn't quite give me clear directions, so I thought I knew what he wanted, and I started moving it. And he came by, and he was kind of finicky about stuff, and he says, no, 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 never shovel the same pile of poop twice, which is my first lesson <laughs> from old man Bill, is that if you're going to move something, know where you're going to put it, so that you don't have to move it again. <laughs> Make a plan, think ahead, work the plan, don't start something that you're not going to finish and then have to redo, which honestly happened a lot. He showed me sometimes he would make the mistake, and then he would have to adjust and make adjustments and make it right. That was literally how life was. But the goal is before you start, make a plan and then work the plan. It was brilliant.
And I use that mantra in my life every day. Uh, another lesson that he gave me was work smarter, not harder. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know I've heard that a million times. And it kind of goes along with that uh, never shovel the same pile of poop twice. You know, he would always take the time to think about what he was going to work on. He would take the time to make a plan, take the time to think about what's the most efficient use of time and energy in this situation. And if you didn't take the time to think about it, you'd find yourself having to do the work again because you messed it up. And so he would always take the time to think about what's the best way to do this. He would step back a lot. I would see Bill a lot stepping back from the mill, just kind of looking. Hmm. And he would think because he knew that if he took the time to think, the job he was doing would work right. It would work well. The other lesson that old man Bill taught me is this one. Don't let go. And the, I don't think he meant to teach me this lesson, but he did. So, Bill, all those boards that we made that were white pine, they weren't kiln dried, so that meant that they might be a little bit brittle. And he decided he was going to put some wood on his uh, kiln so that he could kiln dry wood. And he was making, um, he, he made scaffolding on the side of this building. So we're talking three or four stories up. He's got scaffolding basically just built onto the side of the building. And the boards and the planks that he were using, he had sawed off of the white pine that he pulled out of the pond. And uh, he says to me, Josh, go get me those nails over there and bring them up to me. So I go get the bag of nails and I start climbing up the ladder and this thing was rickety. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got up there and I stood on that board. This is the top board, so this is about four stories up. And I go to walk across it and you could just feel it bowing. And I'm like, nope. And I get down on my hands and my knees and I crawl towards him and I hand him the bag of nails and he's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so he comes down and we rig up a pulley system so I can hand him stuff up with a pulley. And in between when he called me, I would be shoveling sawdust or whatever. Um, I wasn't a whole lot of help up there on the ladder and on the scaffolding. And so I'm up there and I'm watching and he takes a step in the middle of the scaffolding and the wood just snapped and he's falling. My, his life I'm sure was flashing before his eyes, but my life was flashing before his eyes because I had grown very close to this old, this man's wife. She was a wonderful old woman. She was like a grandmother to me. I did not want to go to her house and tell her that her husband had died because that's why my life was flashing before my eyes. She would have had my hide. So I just, it was real like fast. He's fallen. He catches himself in an iron cross position like this on two of the pieces of scaffolding. His arms are stretched out all the way out. And I can see the sweat forming on his forehead. You know, his hat has fallen off. So it's, you know, he's just, I'm like, what do you need, Bill? And he says, hold on. Okay. So, you know, I'm scrambling. I actually get closer because I figure if he falls, I could probably catch him or something, or at least maybe push him against the building so he doesn't, you know, fall all the way to the ground. So I'm close, and I watch him put his feet together. He concentrates, puts his feet together, and kind of pushes with one foot back off of the, the building and swings himself up like a gymnast and swings his legs up and gets up, and he pulls himself up 
onto the scaffolding and climbs down. And I mean, this dude is like, in his, he's almost 70 years old at this point. And I just look at him in complete awe. There's, I couldn't have done that. I, there's no way I could have done that. And I was muscular and strong, and there's no way that I could have held myself in that position. And then, I mean, I, I know some people are more flexible. Some people are gymnasts. Some people have that training. No, Bill was just an old dude with a lot of strength and a lot of courage and did not want to die. Like I said, the guy beat cancer twice. Don't let go. Guys, the last lesson that I learned from old man Bill is work is its own reward. And yes, I got paid. I didn't get paid a lot. He didn't have a whole lot to pay me. He paid me cash. Pretty sure it was less than minimum wage. And you know what? I didn't complain because I needed money. And I would work, you know, 40 hours a week for him most weeks. And he'd hand me cash and I'd go home. And I would stick it in the bank so I could save up for school. But... Yeah, there, that was part of the reward was getting the cash, but there was so much more rewarding about that job. There was nothing like getting home and being completely muscle sore all over my entire body, completely soaked in sweat and tar and uh, junk from the logs off the mill pond and pine pitch and sawdust and sunburned and sweat, and I smelled horrible, and I just, like, I'd take my clothes off, I'd get a shower, and I'd sit down and wait for dinner, and I would fall asleep because I'd worked so hard. I'll be honest with you, I miss that sometimes. I miss that. I work a mostly sedentary job. I use my mind a lot, and at the end of the day, I feel tired, but it's not the same. And that's why I love working on projects, like, around the house, because I'll take it Saturday, and I'll work really hard as long as I can and get worn out. And it, sometimes that feels really good. But the honest truth is working hard was awesome. Working hard is awesome. Maybe it's not just physical labor, but just putting in a hard day's work. Guys, that is rewarding. And I know people are like, oh, I hate my job. You don't understand how bad it... Look, if you hate it that bad, look for another job. But no matter what job you have, you have to work. And you've got to find a way to be re to find the rewards in that work if you want to enjoy it. It's just the honest truth, guys. Work is its own reward. And sometimes you get paid a little bit. Sometimes there's other rewards. That's good. I will say, <laughs> most of the time I was working in the sawmill with Bill. And one time he had me in the quarry. He had to go to a, a checkup. They get a scan done to make sure the cancer wasn't back, which it wasn't. But uh, he says, all right, I'm going to put you up in the quarry this week because I've got to go in for this. So he takes me up into a stone quarry. And uh, here in Pennsylvania, we have flagstone, which is sedimentary rock that kind of gets pressed down. And you can go in there with a chisel. And if you look on the rocks, you can see where the faults are, the little weak spots in the rock. And you take that chisel, take that chisel and you hit it with a sledgehammer, about a five-pound sledge, and you hit it, and you can get that lift. It, it'll go in there, and it'll, it'll pull that fault apart a little bit, and you put another chisel in, and then if you get it just enough, it'll pop, it'll go, and then you can get a bigger bar in underneath it, and then you shove the chisels, chisels in further, pick up some more on that big, heavy bar, and you kind of keep doing it until the whole piece of stone goes, and just lifts off of the piece underneath it. And... 
then you have to then take that big piece of stone, which could be 400 pounds, and you've got to break it down to smaller pieces that you can move. The smaller you get it, the less valuable it is. The bigger you can have it, the more valuable it is, but you can only move so much at a time. So that was the process of working in the stone quarry. Uh, we were cutting a regular, so we were just cutting it, letting it break where it would break, but we weren't cutting it with saws, so the stones would have an irregular shape, kind of like this log on the wall behind me, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, the stone would kind of break in an irregular fashion, and then and it makes really neat patio designs when you can kind of make the stone fit together on when you put it to work, which he did. He took all the stone I pulled out and made a patio. <laughs> but the first day... I had never done this before, and he spent the first day teaching me uh, for about maybe an hour, and then he left to go to the doctor. And so I had the rest of the day up there working, just, and I loved it. It was really neat work, you know, I, that sound when the flagstone would lift open, and it was great. The only problem was the next morning I went to get up to go to work, and I could not move my wrists. My, like, the, the place in between my thumbs and the, my wrists, all of those little ligaments just felt like they were on fire. Because I had, I was a hard worker. He knew how hard I worked, but I hadn't been swinging a sledge every day. You know, I'd only been lifting heavy timbers and stacking shingles all day. You know, this day I was hammering with a sledge and it was working parts of me that had never been worked before. And so I just called him and I said, I hate to say this but I don't think I can work in the quarry today. He's like, what's the matter? Are you sick? I said, no, Bill. And I told him, I explained to him, my, my wrists are on fire. And he just, he laughed, you know? And it was a little embarrassing because, you know, you wanted to make Bill happy. You did, you wanted to make Bill happy. You, want, you didn't want him to feel like you were a pansy or a wimp. And I was afraid to tell him that I was in pain. I really was. I did not want him to think I was a wimp. I respected this guy. I wanted to please this guy. And I just said, I don't know if I can do this today. And he laughed at me and he said, I know what it's like, man. Put some ice on him. Come to work Thursday. So that's what I did. I put some ice on it for that day. And the next day, you know, I got up and went to work for him and I didn't have any problems. Those muscles kind of healed up and now they were stronger, which honestly is, I guess, part of that lesson is that when you do something you haven't done and you work muscles you haven't worked, it's going to hurt. It will make you stronger. And I think that applies to a heck of a lot more than just your wrists and sledgehammers and flagstone. Guys, uh, working, like I said, working for Old Man Bill was an amazing experience, and I learned a lot, and I love it, and I look back on those days all the time and all the things that Bill taught me. I don't know, maybe someday I'll write a book <laughs> about just what I learned from working with Old Man Bill. I did write a book of poetry, actually, kind of inspired by that, which seems like it might not be manly, but I do think poetry is manly. So uh, if you want to read any of that, if you go on Amazon, you can look up Sweat, Sawdust, and the Mill Pond. And it's a collection of some poetry that I wrote um, kind of throughout that period of my life and a little bit later. But there's a big section in there of poems that are just about my time working uh, on the mill. So I encourage you guys to check it out. Anyway, guys, I care about you. I love you. I'm so glad that you guys tuned in to this week's edition of the Manlyhood Mancast. And I want you guys to keep helping us spread the word. So please leave us a review. Share this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Give us a like. Subscribe to the channel. All of the things that you know that you should do, do them. Help us get the word out. I love you guys. I care about you guys. And I will catch you next week. 
you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.